one day they'll tell a story and some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything he said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayer. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know you I'm, are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless y'all. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I always go right, guys. (laughs) Joining me for the fundraising portion is Peter Pappas, the vice president of Goodfellas. Peter, I have thoroughly enjoyed watching Johnny Harrison, you on the stage, doing the jokes. Well, we enjoyed doing it, but Stick, as you know, and uh, everyone in our community, this is a very different kind of year. Mm. The pandemic's just had a tremendous impact on so many people. Yes. We thought we might take a little different approach this year. Yeah, well, I'm convinced that even though we're doing this remotely and even without the jokes, uh, that our good fellows are going to continue to be as generous as they've ever been. Well, I agree with you. I think that we'll get uh, be even more successful this year with our fundraising. Okay, guys, I and need to interrupt. It's time to put your checks in the bag. You know, excuse me. You look sort of familiar. Um, I think I've seen you somewhere. Were you were you in politics here? Were you were you the mayor here? No, that that was John Bell, wasn't it? I mean, that was John Bell. He was the mayor for a long time. Maybe, yeah, maybe were you governor? Else. No, 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 that no, was no, Jim he, Martin. He that was Jim Martin. Yeah. He's not governor. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, could you speak again? Your voice is really familiar. I just want you to give the checks to Goodfellas. Well, now I know, Stick. I think he's that guy on the radio. Oh, okay. Yeah, All that's right. who he is. Uh, that's who guys, he is. Okay. I, I'm Pat. I, I've been the bag boy for 20 years for Goodfellas. Oh, you sure have. And uh, now more than ever, we need to give to Goodfellas, and you guys are the leaders of Goodfella, mm-hmm. and it's time for all of Charlotte to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Because now with COVID, hey. a lot of people are just walking the fine line and surviving. You're right. So and uh, we're going to do more this year. We already have stick and yes, you know, it's absolutely. been a really good year. We uh, were able to send an additional two hundred fifty thousand dollars to Crisis Assistance Ministry. Yeah, absolutely, there you go. There and, you, that's the right. best of Charlotte. That's there you right. Go. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is that we gave fifty thousand dollars each to the two hospitals, Novant Health and Atrium Health, for their environmental services employees and their uh, dining services employees. We know how much they're hurting during this time. Well, I'd just like to thank you for leading this effort and giving some nice checks, and we want to encourage everyone to do the same thing. So uh, you may have forgotten me, but you haven't forgotten the people in need. Thank you all very much. Well, thank you for They'll your take care. We're going to go collect some more checks. All right, Let's sounds, do good. Let's do sounds good. Let's do sounds good. Sounds good. And, and off well, he did yes. virtually because I can tell you that uh, for the third time in four <laughs> years, or the fourth time in, in the club history, the Goodfellows raised over a million dollars yesterday. Yeah, I'll tell you, what a great leadership job by Stick Williams and uh, Peter Pappas, another generation of leaders uh, helping the needy in uh, the Charlotte region. And later on today, we're going to have good friends. It's not just for the men who did this, the fellows. We also have a couple thousand women in Charlotte who are doing the same thing. And uh, we're going to have the leader of that effort on our show a little later on today. And then we're going to talk to Bill Graham, Mm -hmm. our uh, in-house lawyer who represents David from Asheville and makes a lot of money for David from Asheville. For a guy who never shows up to work, 
Bill Graham's made David from Asheville a heck of a lot of money, but he's also a legal expert in some constitutional issues, and we've got uh, Donald Trump being supported by uh, Texas, South Carolina, Tennessee. 17 states. 17 states who are going to try to go to the Supreme Court. Now they're talking about having a Texas senator represent them. Yeah, uh, 17 states. They are joining a lawsuit filed by the state of Texas against four battleground states seeking to challenge the results of the presidential election in those battleground states. Now, South Carolina is part of this. North Carolina not one of those 17 states. Yeah, we have a Democratic governor and a Democratic uh, attorney general that I I kind of predicted they wouldn't get involved in this effort, even though North Carolina did vote. Uh, the majority of voters voted in favor of Donald Trump to be uh, reelected as president of the United States. The question is, will this uh, appeal make any difference to the Supreme Court? Will they even hear it or will they throw it out and Bill Graham will give us... His uh, analysis, a uh, very expertise analysis. By the way, he used to be on elections board right here in North Carolina, so he knows the election law. So it's going to be interesting to see what Bill Graham has to say about the chances of this appeal, because this is going to be about the last gasp of any opportunity to uh, uh, have uh, President uh, Trump in office for a second four years. So, uh, and gosh, did we get some interesting news yesterday that came out of the blue, and it has to do with China. <laughs> yes, and uh, we will get to it that. It has nothing to do with, the, well, it has nothing to do with trade agreements, but it might have something to do with <laughs> free trade. <laughs> like, careful. How do you put this? <laughs> I don't know. But boy, it turns out uh, we've had a little interaction between a China spy and a uh, very famous California U.S. Democratic congressman that lives on CNN and MSNBC. And uh, I don't know if they're even reporting it. <laughs> they're not devoting much time to it. I, then, I saw some stats on it a little bit earlier. Yeah, and then we have uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, mm -hmm. all of a sudden... Uh, it comes out after the election that he's being investigated by the attorney general in the area of Delaware, Joe Biden's home state. And that came out of the blue, and it was announced by the Biden campaign or transition committee. Is that not odd and also very awkward? <laughs> All that and more coming up on the Pat McCrory Show. Welcome back. Pat McCrory Show. Oh, man. You know, I've told the story of uh, my dad on election night. Mm -hmm. It was a week before he died, and I'd just been elected mayor of Charlotte. And my dad gets up out of his wheelchair on the top of a tower here in downtown Charlotte. The Tower Club, I believe it was. We were having our victory party in 1995, November of 1995. I was 39 years old. My dad gets up out of his wheelchair and hugs me and said, Son, I got one thing to tell you. I said, What, Dad? What is it? I mean, this was the, the ultimate of a, a man, a son, getting to hear from his dad on a proud night for both of us. And he... Hugs me and he whispers in my ear and he says, keep your damn zipper up. I'll never forget. I said, that's it, Dad? That's it, son. This was pre-Clinton, pre-Monica. <laughs> See, he knew that if you get any power, all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who 
not only laugh at your jokes and ask for your opinion, but they some people actually think you're better looking once you get power. And I've seen this among people of all ages, men and women. All of a sudden, they think they're better looking because people are attracted to you because of your title or power. And you see, China gets this. <laughs> China gets this. Plastics, Ben. And uh, China apparently sent a young lady named Fang. How appropriate. Christine Fang. Christine Fang to the United States, and she developed several romantic relationships with some Midwestern mayors that have yet to be named. Romantic relationships. In addition, she set up a professional relationship, and some say a romantic relationship, with a U.S. congressman who at one time was on the city council in California, I think L.A. or something. And then he became a U.S. congressman on the Intelligence Committee. Mm -hmm. In fact, he used to attack the Trumps constantly about Russian spies infiltrating the uh, Trump campaign. Well, it turns out she infiltrated him. Or the other way around. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. Good morning. <laughs> On Tuesday. Oh, my dad was ahead of his time. <laughs> uh, Axios reported mm-hmm. that a suspected... Axios, a liberal a liberal network that's interviewed me several times as hatchet jobs to try to get conservatives. But they're a liberal network, and they broke this story, right? They did. They reported that a suspected Chinese spy got close to Representative Swalwell early in his political career... And separately slept with two unnamed U.S. mayors as part of a uh, several years long intelligence campaign. There are some nervous, unmentioned mayors somewhere in the Midwest right now going, uh oh, little China girl. (laughs) Uh, Fang first met Swalwell when he was, as you say, the city council member. Swalwell. What an appropriate name. Fang and Swalwell. Swalwell. Uh huh. Uh, uh, He was a city council member in uh, California, later fundraised for him and placed. Uh, an intern in his Washington D.C. office. She collected. She was a bag lady. <laughs> kind of she like was. She was yesterday. like I was for Goodfellas. She was a bag lady for a politician who went around and collected checks. And now it turns out she was a China spy. So Swalwell immediately cut ties with Fang when he learned about her connections to China. He has not from ac- from the FBI, mm-hmm. and he's not been accused of any wrongdoing. As of now, Axios also did not report or suggest any sexual relationship between Swalwell and Fang. Uh, this is according to the How, Business however, Insider. But on Tuesday night, Tucker Carlson on uh, Fox News Channel claimed that uh, U.S. intelligence officials believe Swalwell and Fang had a sexual relationship and that Swalwell's office declined to comment on the matter. Saying it was, uh, what, you, she can't comment whether he had a sexual relationship because... Uh, Fox News told uh, the insider that the suspicions of a sexual relationship between Swalwell and Fang came from original reporting. Swalwell and his office did not respond to uh, multiple requests, but did uh, he did appear on CNN to question the source and the timing of the investigation. <laughs> He's attacking the su- reporters. Suggesting that someone was trying to harm him because he criticized President Donald Trump. Hmm. He. Hmm. hmm. So he's a victim. He's a victim of uh, getting together with a Chinese spy. It was not his fault. He was just a good-looking guy who was uh, who a beautiful Asian woman was attracted to. He can't help it how good-looking he was because he was a city councilman. I get it. I- I've been there. 
You get better looking once you have honorable in front of your name. Except you heated heated advice that you received. Absolutely. (laughs) My dad uh, gave good advice, and apparently uh, Swalwell, when he was a city council member, and apparently what she did was infiltrate potential up-and-coming young politicians. I didn't meet... What? What are you... I didn't what are you anything. looking at me that I'm way? I'm not even forward. looking you at you. Did, you looked I'm away. Looking you, you looked down. John, did you notice that? Uh, I did not. <laughs> I'm just over here doing my job. <laughs> I've always liked that song. David Bowie was ahead of his time, as was your father, as are the Chinese. The Chinese know how to infiltrate America. Use the weakest part of the human body. Take advantage of it. That in the ego of a politician or a celebrity. And you can go a long way. She's disappeared. She must be in an, a retraining camp in China somewhere. <laughs> But when he told her, he told her about this. Swalwell apparently told her after he was advised. And immediately she left the country or disappeared. This is not good. She went missing. You know, the definition of something missing or lost, we can't find it. That's all it is. She is somewhere. We just can't find them. You know when you say, I've lost my shoes or my wallet? No. Boy, we are getting deep this morning. It's a very deep show. So my message to all of uh, us and people in media, people in politics, people in Hollywood, people with titles, be careful. You're not as good looking as you think you are. You're not as funny as you think you are, and you're not as smart as you think you are. But you have a face for radio. I've been told that. (laughs) 829 on WBT. Yesterday it was good fellows. Today it's good friends. We'll talk to some... Good friends who are doing the right thing. That's right. Who are doing the right thing, giving back to the community. No Chinese spies and good friends. We will. Uh, they want to help people who are hurting that's in this right. community, and that's what it's all about in Charlotte. We'll switch to that, and then later on, stick around because we're going to talk about the lawsuit and also Hunter Biden, the inside story on Hunter Biden and the politics between Hunter Biden. And by the way, the media, Wall Street Journal, CNN, CBS, does not have the China story about the China girl the one anywhere. We just talked about anywhere. Well, that's why you listen to this show. And even Axis has it. Axios? Mm-hmm. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can The best of Charlotte, the best of the Carolinas during the Christmas holidays. You'd think I'd say Goodfellas. But it's not. There it was. It's not. I know I'm a big fan of Goodfellas. I'm a member of that exclusive club of 2,000 men. Me too. But there's... Well... There was a very close vote with you getting in, Bo Thompson. I just I got in. However you get in, you're in. Yeah, it was a close vote, let me tell you. 
David from Asheville did not get in. <laughs> David from Asheville did not get into Goodfellows, and he's not going to get into Good Friends, which is the number one group in Charlotte to help those in need, especially during the Christmas holidays. And we have the leader of Good Friends, Ann McVale. Ann, welcome. Glad to have you back in the studio here on the Pat McCrory Show. Thank you for having me. This is a great day for Good Friends. We are so excited to host our 34 annual event, albeit a virtual one. It's been an interesting year, but a little pandemic would not stop us, and we are so excited that today we'll be able to share the good news of Good Friends to people really all over the country and all over the world. All right, tell us what Good Friends is and compare it to Good Fellows, because I can't get into Good Friends. You won't, It's too exclusive for me. <laughs> well, Good Friends was started 34 years ago by four women who saw a need in Charlotte. They saw a need for to help our neighbors, and they wanted to follow in the tradition of Goodfellows. Goodfellows has been around for about 104 years. Mm-hmm. But these four determined women met at Christ Church, gathered together, and today we will host thousands of women virtually, and all of the money that is raised today goes back into our community. I like to think of Good Friends as providing for fragility and a bridge for those who need just one thing. They may have an unforeseen medical occurrence. They may have their car break down. They may be, unfortunately, the subject of domestic abuse. And by simply changing the locks on the doors, that abuse can be avoided. One of my favorite things that we've done with Good Friends is there was a little girl who um, suffered from leukemia, went through chemotherapy at Levine Children's Hospital. Fortunately, she's cancer-free, and she was starting kindergarten. And she was very nervous, obviously, about her first day of kindergarten and particularly about not having any hair. And so Good Friends stepped in and bought a wig for this precious angel. It's those little things that really can make a difference for the hardworking families here in Charlotte. I'll tell you, and and now with COVID— And frankly, a lot of women, poor women, are being impacted by this because a lot of women are in service jobs in travel and tourism industry and and the airport and areas related to hotels that are just barely hanging on right now. And now more than ever, they need your help. Well, and I think one of the areas in which Good Friends has really been helpful this year is we found that because of COVID, all of our students in CMS are learning virtually. And when they started school in August, it was announced in the paper that over 19,000 students in CMS did not have access to the Internet. Well, you cannot learn virtually without access to the Internet. And so one of our trustees saw this news, said, I want to do something about it. So she gathered some of her good friends, then brought it to the Greater Good Friends Board and said, we have got to help. And so through a coordinated effort, Good Friends was able to provide over 200 hot internet um, hotspots mm-hmm. for children. Needed desperately. So 200, it's not just 200 children, 200 families who otherwise would not be able to have their children go to school now are able to attend school. That's now, what that's what Good Friends what does. A gr- who was that trustee who came that up with that? was Jinx Trotter. Oh, Fantastic idea. And Sa- it was Jenks and Sally Saucy and a number of uh, other women. A great group of corporate and, and citizens who care for this community. That's a, That was a great idea. Now, Good Friends is another very exclusive club. 
<laughs> how, if you're a woman who's, we have a lot of women listeners, how do you get into this exclusive club? And how much does it cost to help those in need to get in this club? And how can you get on the uh, luncheon today at 12 o'clock through the Internet? Hey, Pat, is a, that's a very good question. If anyone, any woman that would like to join Good Friends is welcome to be a member. We are not an exclusive club. We welcome all. There is no cost to join. We would love people to become members of Good Friends for $75 a year. However, we welcome all to join us. And those of you in Charlotte and all around the country and around the world, you are welcome to join us today for our Gather and Give event and simply go to goodfriendscharlotte.org. Goodfriendscharlotte.org, and you'll be on a partial, a live internet broadcast. You're, you, there's yes. a lot of pressure on you live today at 12. Yes, this has been an interesting day. My first live radio <laughs> your, your interview. Face. Yes, I'm scared. <laughs> my, first, my first Good Friends live TV broadcast. It's it's a great day for Good Friends. Well, the good news is is that yesterday, and you know, in this this pandemic year of mm-hmm. 2020, mm-hmm. everyone has had to uh, learn, and there's been a learning curve of of seeing how all these uh, Zoom sessions and virtual meetings go on. But I think by now in December, most people out there uh, have a have a hang of how this goes. And we saw the Goodfellows yesterday do this virtual thing, and they raised a million dollars. And yesterday. I'm a, I've been a bag boy for Good Friends for probably. A good, good, good fellows for <laughs> twenty five years now, but you guys kind of do it unique. You you do it with Santa Clauses. We do, mm-hmm. and actually, Pat, you've had the pleasure of being one of the Santas yeah, one for time. many years. And I had a too big Santa Claus suit on me. <laughs> That's recall. right. Wait, so, wait, one time, did you not get invited back? That's exactly right. <laughs> so this year we won't have as many Santas in the room, but we mm-hmm. do have a couple of Santa Clauses that may make a. Surprise appearance, and um, I certainly want to send out a special thank you. Is chairing this year's event. Um, she literally took on the challenge of creating a virtual event from scratch with grace, creativity, a passion for good friends. I mean, we—it's just going to be incredible. So um, you're going to have music. You'll have a few people talk about the need. You'll have the Santa Clauses on the video live. Lot, we'll have the Santa will not be live, but Santa will be on the show, and then you, I think we'll, Santa will be alive. However, Santa will be alive. <laughs> Santa, Santa is Santa's alive. Very Santa busy is right alive. now. Yeah, Santa's Santa is busy. Very, yeah, Santa you're right. Is, you're right. Yes, yeah, Santa is very busy, and you will get to hear two wonderful stories of families that we have helped, families that just needed internet access, and another family who was facing homelessness, mm. a young woman who is at CPCC in their Project Upstart program doing all the right things, and she was one step from being homeless, and good friends stepped in and helped her. How many families do you anticipate helping with the money that you raise uh, today? We will help probably over 3,500 families wow. next year. Just as the tradition of good fellows at Good Friends, 100% of the funds raised today will go back directly into our community next year. And I just want to let you know, if you want to be a part of uh, Good Friends or Good Fellows, Good Friends for Women, Good Fellows for the Men, um, their overhead is almost nothing. The money goes directly to families. They, they measure it. They see the results. I've, seen, I've met with the families before, and you've met with families that you're helping before, and it, it puts the, everything in perspective. 
and puts everything in perspective. Thank you. We are so blessed in that we have great members who take care of all of our administrative expenses. So, Pat, as you said, 100% of the funds that we raise goes directly back into the community. Okay, and one more time, if you want to be a part of uh, good, good Friends at 12 noon, you pull up what? On your computer, friend, iPhone, or whatever. Computer, iPhone, YouTube, goodfriendscharlotte.org. And I commend you on your volunteer service, and your smile says it all. Giving is a lot better than taking, especially during this holiday, and you're doing all that giving, and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for hosting. We look forward to a great day for good friends. And with all the the needs that were met uh, with Internet connections, now everybody can converge together via the Internet and make this happen today. 12 noon, goodfriendscharlotte.org. Good luck. Thanks for coming in. Fantastic. Great job. Great job. And give Carl my best, too. (laughs) I will. (laughs) (laughs) Give Carl my best. (laughs) 847 on WBT. David Chadwick on the other side. We've got new numbers to announce about the City of Hope CLT.org hunger drive. So stick around. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. Well, you know what that means? It means David Chadwick is in the studio. Hey, David, before we give some great updates on uh, the great efforts that you're giving to help feed the hungry, I do want to ask you, in fact, uh, you know, the China girl controversy. Do you know about this China girl yeah, controversy? Yeah, I've been reading about it, Pat, sadly. Uh, you know, the famous David Bowie song, China Girl. Oh, hang on. And, uh, you know, sadly... You know the story about my dad giving me advice on election night. Right. I repeated that story earlier this morning. And maybe it's a story we need to repeat to everyone in positions of power, mm. whether it be a minister. As you know, ministers get in trouble at times. Well, a recent one in New York City, very famous, worldwide known, uh, just uh, was re- dismissed from his position because of multiple affairs. It's just sad to see it happen. It happens in every vocation in the world. Do you see it often happen with leaders who start believing their power is <laughs> impacts their ability to, I don't know, attract other people? Yeah, I think most often it's from people who have achieved some position of power and you know the more you get the more you want this is money power title yeah and with the unholy trinity as we talk about it is money sex and power those are the three that continue to drive people to ultimate despair and also degradation so that's what happened with this minister and i've seen it happen over and over again we can go back to ptl here in charlotte and and see the money and sex part but probably power too being a part of their fall and they're a part of sin too ministers are a part of sin like politicians are a part of sin like business people are a part of sin we're all part of sin that's why we have to guard our hearts well look look at recent news you had a guy who wasn't even there yet he was on his way he hoped cal cunningham yeah, boy, what an example! And mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel for that family right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but power does that to you even more. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think my dad gave me that warning: be careful, because he saw all these people around me. 
Yeah, and and I think it's a warning that your dad understood, that my dad understood, warned right. me the same ways that was probably more a part of a previous generation because you know the release of human sexuality without any barriers whatsoever, without any boundaries, sure. has caused our culture to, I think, become increasingly. But degraded. it's not just flesh, sin of flesh, or sin of uh, being corrupt. Yeah, sin of being greedy. Well, there's the sin of pride, which may be the worst of all. The ultimate thought that I'm better than you are, right. and I can therefore control you, and I deserve what I get. And now we're finding out the Chinese government sent spies to America to connect using that common sin we all have and to infiltrate our intelligence here in America. Yeah, I find it interesting that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray like this, lead us not into temptation. And what he was saying with that is (laughs) every morning get up and say, Lord, you know where I'm weak. I know where I'm weak. Guide my and we footsteps. All, we all are weak. We all, all are weak. Those issues. But guide my footsteps right. away from those places where I know, you know, I can so easily be entrapped. You used to always tell me, trash in, trash out. That's exactly right. Garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you think you'll become. And if your mind dwells on those things, that's ultimately what you'll do. All right. Speaking of the garbage, is that we've got people in this community who almost feel like they have to live off the garbage because they can't find they don't have the resources for food yeah. right now and and especially kids there's nothing going to third world countries you see these pictures of kids going through garbage cans looking for any scrap of leftovers and the fact of the matter is in the Charlotte area we have a lot of leftovers we have a lot of wealth in Charlotte and yet we have a lot of poor people in Charlotte who are hiding underneath the bridges who kids are being transferred from one hotel to another and barely eating, and now with COVID, they're not getting their meals in schools right now. Right. So this is something that engaged you to go, my gosh, we can't have younger, young, hungry kids in this community, especially during the holidays. Yeah, we can do something. We don't have to let this be our narrative here in the city of Charlotte. And what I thought was, you know, in World War II, America was divided like it is now, but we had a common enemy, Germany and Japan. So we came together to fight a common enemy. We have a common enemy, Pat, hunger especially with children. So why don't we put aside our partisan divides, come together, and give money that can feed hungry children, especially during this season. So you and Bo and I got together, started talking. We came up with this idea. Moments of Hope Church, the church I pastor here in town, gave a $50,000 matching gift. We've been raising that money over the last couple few weeks to try to get $50,000 to feed hungry kids with several of our partners here. People can go to cityofhopeclt.org, can make that donation. 100% goes to the kids, 100% tax-free, and we can really make a difference, and we have so far. In fact, may I make the announcement now, Bo, is this the appropriate time to do so? Here we are three weeks into it as we're moving toward making this announcement of the $50,000 gift. We presently have $76,263.82. So we're 76% of our goal having been met now just three weeks into it with a couple more weeks before Christmas comes. So, folks, I'm going to be the cheerleader. You know, when I played basketball, we had cheerleaders, you know, encouraging us to victory. You were often near the cheerleaders on the bench. Well, yeah, that's right next to them. You know, people wouldn't recognize me around campus because I was standing up and not sitting down. Actually, Chadwick saw a lot of plays, especially his junior and senior year. I watched him. Well, thanks, Pat. But I'm going to be a cheerleader to our community right now. We can do this. We we can raise this $50,000. We can help feed hungry kids. Let's make Christmas beyond just giving presents to people who don't need them. Let's give a present in yeah, the name of somebody. your kids who have everything. Yeah, make a donation to this in the name of your kid. I mean, you can still buy them presents. Sure. But- 
you know, your $5 becomes 10 I mean, Ken Gill gave $5,000 yesterday, yeah, yeah. and this amount, I think, doesn't include his gift, it from what not. I can tell. So we're getting not. closer and closer. What a wonderful thing. Hi, Governor and Bo. Your show is the highlight of my day. Thank you so much for all that you do. You know how cute I always thought you were. I, they're, they're, is, is there a book and page number you can reference me to, please? I don't have a copy of the report in front of me. Time to play the game! The majesty of this place, what it represents. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. The history made here, it is an overwhelming experience. <laughs> well said. This is sort of like a schizophrenic rodeo. Yes, I hear you. Four years as NC Governor. Governor Bo, thanks for having me in. I appreciate it. Great to be on WBT, the big legacy station. Oh, man. Behind the scenes conversations. We served together when I was governor of Indiana, and uh, he did a great job. Pat McCrory. W- WBT presents. Uh, I honest, uh, Bo, I don't, I don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to tell him that I said that. <laughs> the Pat McCrory Show. I'll do even better than, <laughs> with Bo Thompson. I'll do even better than that. I will, I will replay that line for him when we get on. Hey, McCrory! God, he's giving him hell, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to hour number two of the Pat McCrory Show. Still, to, S- go ahead. I was going to say, still to come this hour, the uh, legendary Bill Graham coming up at nine thirty-five. And also, uh, Dale Falwell is going to join us, if all things go according to schedule. Right now, some headlines we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, Hunter Biden has confirmed a grand jury investigation. President-elect Joe Biden's son, Hunter, confirming yesterday that his tax affairs are under investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. Biden said, uh, his son Biden said he's taking the matter very seriously and is confident he handled his affairs legally and appropriately. So, uh... So, Hunter Biden had to announce that the tax man's after him. Correct. The media didn't announce this. The Justice Department didn't announce this. The Democratic Party didn't announce this. The Intelligence Committee didn't announce this. The Biden transition team announced it. In cooperation with Hunter Biden. Now, why would the Biden transition team announce that Hunter Biden has been being investigated by the Delaware U.S. Attorney for over a year now? And why did they announce it now? And these are the questions that the media is not asking. See, I know this game. And the media is in the tank for Joe Biden right now. And they didn't convey the Hunter Biden controversy months before the election. They buried it. CNN, NBC, ABC, the BBC, the CIA, the FBI, Doris Day, Matt Bosby. They buried it. That's the election fraud that occurred in this most recent presidential election, is the bearing of the Hunter Biden story during the last year and a half now. 
So what's the media asking? Almost nothing. It's it's barely being covered in the media. But at least it is getting some headlines saying Hunter Biden announced that he's being investigated. They're not following through with, why are you telling us now? Why didn't you tell us six months ago? Did you just find out yourself? How long have you known this, Hunter Biden? And why didn't you tell us earlier? Did your dad know this? If so, when did your dad know this? Instead, his dad, who apparently is going to be sworn in as the next president of the United States on January 21st, is going, I'm proud of my son. I'm proud of my son. He's gone through a lot of tough times. As opposed to responding to, hey, I've known this all along. I just kept my mouth shut during the presidential campaign because it might have swung a few votes in Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. Now, the the media buried this story. The question the media needs to be asking of Joe Biden is this. When did you find out that Hunter Biden was being investigated? When did Hunter Biden, your son, find out that he is being investigated for possible tax fraud due to his work in China while you were vice president of the United States. Do you think that might have swung a few votes in Michigan or Wisconsin or Georgia? Now, the media was in the tank, and I don't know why. It's a great story. It would have got a lot of clicks. It would have got a lot of viewership. You want to know why? Hunter Biden. Now the story's coming out. He, he shared the stage with his dad, where he basically said, I'm now president-elect. It's the first time we've seen Hunter Biden. We haven't seen him since. Good-looking guy. Nice sunglasses, just like his dad. How ironic. Hunter Biden's the one being investigated. 914 on WBT. We got Dale Falwell waiting in the wings. And then after that, Bill Graham. Yeah, Bill Graham's going to give us a real in-depth analysis of uh, does the Trump campaign have a chance of the Supreme Court being tied to Texas and 17 other states? uh, 16 other states. 16 other states. And uh, also the Big Finish, brought to you by Rug Source. Get your calls in now, 704-374-3800. All coming up on the Pat McCrory Show. So uh, Governor Cooper uh, yesterday announced a new executive order regarding a curfew. And we have a special guest, Dale Falwell, who has another special announcement, by the way, that's impacting people right here in Charlotte and throughout North Carolina that we're going to announce in just a few. But before we do, I want to ask the treasurer of the state of North Carolina if the governor, Cooper, had any interaction with the members of the executive branch, the Council of State, including the treasurer, including the attorney general, including the secretary of state, before he signed another executive order Closing businesses at 10 o'clock. Dale Falwell, welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show with uh, Bo Thompson. That's me. Dale, are you there? Dale, are you there? (laughs) Yeah, I'm here. Listen, uh, Governor, thank you and thank Bo for having me on the show. And to answer your question, uh, we have, uh, I 
have not had any interaction with the governor regarding these decisions. And I just can't imagine facing this kind of pandemic uh, with this level of secrecy and, and inconsistency. I just don't know what's wrong with uh, putting sunshine on this uh, process of not only bending or flattening the healthcare curve, but the economic curve is, as these businesses are now uh, facing uh, generational decisions of whether they're going to be able to remain open, remain ongoing for the future. When I was governor, Dale, uh, and you worked on our team, uh, we contacted the Council of State prior to doing any executive orders thinking that was the law, <laughs> that you had to get consensus from the Council of State, including the treasurer, before I did an executive order. But these executive orders by uh, Governor Cooper have a huge impact on the treasury. Well, and more importantly, on people's lives and their upward achievement and and joy of achievement and their upward mobility. As I said earlier, as I go across North Carolina and see the businesses that are been closed and will never open again, that have been around for generations, it's just sad. And it's really impacting people who can't make their living with a Zoom. They, there's a lot of people in the state who make their living with their hands and their back and their feet. And those are the people that we need to keep in our minds and our hearts, especially as we try to flatten this economic curve. Why do you think the governor is not communicating with the Council of State at this point in time regarding these huge decisions, or at least getting their input? I'm not sure, but it probably goes back to March after we found out four months later that uh, the first executive order to close bars and restaurants, that the vote was not in favor of doing that. And it's not to say that some of these policies aren't the right policies, but the fact is they have to be transparent, they have to be consistent, and we have to be able to challenge assumptions without people getting their feelings hurt because the people across North Carolina who run these businesses and who work for these businesses, they're getting their feelings hurt very in a very economic way. Dale, you're also in town for another reason, to make a special announcement. Well, tell us about the special announcement in cooperation with some important partners here in the Charlotte area. Well, we're very excited. We have a division called nccash.com. The official word is the escheats division, but as you know, I used to stutter, so I'm advised not to use that word on the radio because it could come out incorrectly. And so would, but, <laughs> well, you might so, become but, president of the United States in the future yeah. because our. But uh, but Bo, Bo wouldn't invite me back if I used that word incorrectly. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's called nccash.com. By the way, South Carolina, Curtis Loftus has one of these. All over, every state has one. And there's nearly $900 million sitting at nccash.com, 12 million entries. And as we were uh, going through nonprofits and other entities in Charlotte, because I knew I had to be here anyway for some other important meetings, we found that the Panthers had 2500 bucks at nccash.com. So when we reached out to the Panthers about uh, getting this money to them, of course, course, in the way they always do things, their first thought is, how can we pay this forward during this Christmas uh, uh, spirit in the Christmas spirit. So we're having a presentation at 10 o'clock at the Interfaith Alliance. Uh, we're we're going to be giving a check to the Panthers, and I think the Panthers are going to announce right there that they're going to be forwarding this money to the Interfaith Alliance. So just another reason and value of people listening to your show. Go to nccash.com, check your name, your maiden name, your parents' names, your kids' names, and your business's name. Uh, And I guarantee you that somebody, many people on your show, have entries at nccash.com. I've actually found money on this before in previous years in which checks were sent to me, and for whatever reason, I didn't get them or didn't cash them or whatever, and I found out they were sitting in the treasury of 
North Carolina. And it was a nice well, Christmas present. Well, you know, that's a sign when you have too much money is when you get checks, you don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> so so th- they should have ended up at the Treasurer's Department. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I gave it to charity, too. I just want to let you know. I'm giving to our incredible hunger campaign and to Goodfellows this year. So, uh, Or as Michael Scott would say, he sold it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, uh, nccash.com is important. Uh, what the Panthers are doing uh, today is important and uh, donating this to Interfaith Alliance. And just to remind you that it's not just money, but uh, the Red Cross needs blood this time of year, uh, especially. And, and there's just so many needs out there. And, you know, motion creates emotion. If people will get in the motion of donating or the motion of donating blood or money uh, toward their uh, favorite entities, uh, they'll make them feel better, I promise. Okay, there's no record found for me. I'm I'm looking right now, just in case. Uh, whew, gosh, I was hoping to get some good news while you were on radio here. Yeah, um, he's a multitasker. Well, well, actually, when we were uh, on the way leaving Raleigh yesterday, I looked up the Interfaith Alliance. The Interfaith Alliance even had money in NC Cash, not just the Panthers who uh, who will be donating to the Interfaith Alliance, but the Interfaith Alliance itself had. Money is a million dollars that belongs to chair, churches, uh, uh, tens of thousands of nonprofit entities. Uh, there's over 150 Rotary clubs that have money at nccash.com in North Carolina. Oh, wait a minute. I might have got something. <laughs> I'm owned $31. Right now, I just got $31. Well, you should hit the claim button and go through the process. We've gone through a automated, adjudicated uh, process, which is trying to clean up a lot of the bureaucracy. We hope that when we get through this pilot program that we're going to be able to give out over $250 million out of the NC Cash uh, Department. Wait a minute. I got more than that. I got a couple. Uh, $50, $16.90. It says it's, it's not exactly $50. It's over $50. It could be $600,000. Wow. This is fantastic because I'm finding out, like right now, $38.64 from Time Warner. From Time Warner Communications. This is the kind of thing where you get refunds for whatever reason. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't get to you. I just got some great news. Okay. Tell other people how to. It's a very easy thing to do. Yeah. Go to nccash.com, but, you know, in your case, you just got so many checks coming in, you don't have to cash them all. And, but for most folks, just go to nccash.com and uh, look up your name. Lose! I don't lose! I win! I win! I'm a lawyer! That's my job! That's what I do! Well, Bill Graham knows there's a lot more we can do together. I can't do it. You can't do it alone. But together, we can do it. This segment on the Pat McCrory Show, Thursday morning, as always, brought to you by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. I'm getting so tired of hearing about Bo Thompson, and now I hear every time I walk down the street, God, that Bill Graham's great on your show. I don't know. Do you think there's a little envy here? Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Graham, welcome. Glad to have you here, buddy. Good morning. You're very popular on this radio show, the fastest growing radio show with the two Carolinas. Oh, two Carolinas. And we appreciate you being a part of it. I'll take them both. 
Sounds good. Uh, listen, uh, big news regarding everybody, the... Yeah, everybody want, wants to go to the Supreme Court this week. It's a very, very popular place this week. 17 attorney generals want to go to the Supreme Court to basically renounce the election that's already occurred. So can you tell me the argument, and can you tell me if they even have a chance to be heard, much less get a... Uh, opinion in their favor you ever hear the story about the snowball <laughs> no tell us it didn't work out well in the place it's very hot um that's about as much chance as they have here's here's what they're trying to do they're trying to get the election yet again in front of the supreme court in hopes that this, the court will bite on some issue um and what Texas's AG tried to do is say, look, um, we think that the other states' election laws were improperly executed or were unconstitutional. Well, the problem with that is the Texas AG doesn't have standing to bring those. He's not a resident. He doesn't represent those other states. So he has a standing issue. You have to – standing is that legal concept by which if you've been the one – that's aggrieved, or you have, um, or you're a citizen of the of the state in which the complaint is lodged. You can bring your claim. Well, the Texas AG doesn't represent Pennsylvania residents, or Arizona residents, or anybody else other than Texas. And we all know Trump mm -hmm. won Texas. So, if for some example that that he lost Texas and he wanted to complain about Texas voter statutes and, and the way the voting was executed in Texas, he would have standing. But he doesn't in these other states. So and so they say, you're driving along and you're listening to the Pat McCrory show and you say, well, why are these other, why is he doing this? Why is it in the Supreme Court? And the answer is because if it's a controversy between states, between say North and South Carolina, that would never happen, but let's say that, they, that something did. The original jurisdiction of a conflict or a case or controversy between states resides in the Supreme Court. So that's why they're there, and they've jumped over all these other courts uh, to land um, in downtown. So why are, they doing, why are they doing it? I mean, these are smart lawyers. They, they all went to law school. So I've read this in other editorials, including the Wall Street Journal, saying they're not going to have standing, regardless if they're conservative judges or not. The conservative judges are going, what's Texas got to do with Pennsylvania? Nothing. Nothing. It's a – remember last week when we said you can't take political talking points into court and, and you can't take political talking points into uh, the Supreme Court. Now, the cynic in all of us, the political cynic that, that, that resides in all of us, um, would would point to the fact that the Texas AG may be hankering for a pardon. Because he's under investigation by the AG, uh, by, by, by the FBI. Oh now, my gosh. I don't know whether that's true or false. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But we're all going to find out in a few weeks, and we'll see what the court does. I don't think the court's going to take it up. I think they'll probably do a one-liner, maybe two. Uh, and, well, what about and South Carolina then, right across the border? The South Carolina AG signed on to this. Well, that's very common when AGs bring a case to court and you ask other AGs to uh, file Me Too briefs. And they're politicians, politicians, too, right? I mean, they, they're elected politicians. 
Absolutely. And our AG, Josh Stein, would um, jump in if he thought it was uh, politically advantageous to, to him and to North Carolina. No Democrat did, oddly enough. So what you had is just the Republican AGs across the country. It's not going to go anywhere. And, so what do you uh, think the Supreme think Court, Supreme will one justice here or the entire? How does that work now? Well, I think probably what they'll do is they'll take the briefs and um, they may just rule on the briefs and just say you don't have standing and thank you very much. We'll I take a vote or will the Chief Justice just say that? I mean, will one justice say that and if there's no objection, they just move on? They'll just move on. I think probably logistically this will come from uh, Chief Justice Roberts because of the controversy between the states. The reason that the Pennsylvania matter went to Alito is because he's in charge of that federal circuit mm. that Pennsylvania finds itself. And in then that ended up, that up ended going, going nowhere. nowhere. Uh, yeah, that was a one-sentence opinion. So what's this thing about Ted Cruz then testifying? He probably will never be given the chance if they agree just not to hear it. Well, among the, the, the smart people that are in Washington, Ted Cruz is, is right up there. Um, <clears throat> he clerked for a former uh, Supreme Court justice. I can't remember who at this point. But uh, he, he knows, he knows this is not going to go to oral argument. He knows it. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, it's he's the committed game, The himself. game's being played. And you know the game. You've been played by the mm-hmm. game. You've mm-hmm. played the game. You've been in the suites. You've been out of the suites. You've been under the suites, on top of the suites. You know, this is uh, a big. It sounds like a big tease to everyone. Going, we're still hope. Yeah, it's it's a. You're raising money. You're keeping your ball up in the air, although it doesn't have any air in it. And um, you know, these lawyers that are pushing this ought to be. Some of them ought to be ashamed of themselves. That thing that was uh, put forward in Michigan the other day was. That was hard to watch. That was very very hard to watch. You know. Um, just because you, you have a law license doesn't mean you need to use it in the way in so, which some of these lawyers have. Well, I've been very critical of the lawyers hired by the Trump organization. They're not even election law lawyers, and I've had to be interviewed by election law lawyers in the past during elections, and these are top-notch lawyers. You don't hire a real estate lawyer or a criminal law lawyer to deal with election law. Exactly, and when you call um, a lawyer and the lawyer says, "Look, I don't deal with this area of the law," you you're you need to be very very sharp in the area of the law in which you're uh, handling a client who's particularly high profile. You need to be on your A game all the time, and you cannot just wing this stuff, and you can just hit shoot from the hip. That is not the way you practice law. Right, you're gonna, we're going to we're going to get a lot of calls from all all my Trump supporters. I'm a Trump supporter. Going, ah, yeah, are you kidding me? But you're you're telling the legal reality, right? Yes, reality. It is. You don't represent people this way. Hey, hey. Bill Graham. That's why we have him on this show every Thursday. Bill Graham from Walson Graham Law Firm. He knows election law also. He's been on election board. And I don't like the news he's telling us, but it's consistent with what I'm even reading in the Wall Street Journal, who's going, it has no standing. You do your client no favor by telling them a lie or telling them something that is not based in fact. You're just taking a client's money for no good reason, and that's... Highly, it's unethical and improper and shouldn't be done. And those clients are representing 70 million voters who are being teased about it right now. Yep. Uh, do you want to kiss up to Bo before we uh, go on and get me mad? 
I, I want to know why Bo doesn't have any cash from Dale Falwell. He just, wait a minute, his, his family. What, what do you think I've been doing during this segment? <laughs> 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 Bo's, Bo's got a smile on his face. You haven't heard me talking during this segment, uh, This segment brought to you by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. Wallace and Graham, over 35 years representing personal injury clients in North Carolina. Hey, Bill Graham, pull up. NC claimed. NCcash.com. Ten in front of ten o'clock here. The Pat McCrory Show continues. This is the Big Finish, brought to you by RugSource.com. Over sixty thousand rugs, from small to palace-sized rugs, governor's mansion-sized rugs. Uh, there's something for everybody at RugSource.com. Seven zero four three seven four thirty eight hundred is the number. This is where you, the listener, this is your segment. We ready to go here? Yep. You're, you're busy I'm over there finding I'm money. I'm still filling out <laughs> nccash.com. Find out that Neiman Marcus owes my wife some money. This is good news, and you're finding out family members are yours. I am, but I remember we still have one segment left in the show. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. Governor, I love your show. Just love the Bill Graham segment. And uh, he really laid it on you this morning and then right went right after your slogan played by the game you know the game but i do want to say this uh can't no one say that you are not getting people the facts keep it up i appreciate that compliment and bill's given us the facts that we don't want to hear but i've been very critical of the lawyers representing representing the president and that's frankly the president's fault and they these lawyers should have had these claims in months ago they lost this race before any vote was even made, when the rules started to be changed. And that's when the lawyers for Donald Trump and others should have been out fighting hard against uh, a guy I warned us all about. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll go back and play some previous recordings. It was actually a former attorney general for, for Barack Obama. Who put Eric all Holder. this in place. Eric Holder did all of this. Governor, it wouldn't have mattered what Hunter Biden did that was released before the election. The Democrats would have just found a few more suitcases of votes to overturn that, like they did in the four key swing cities. We're going to find out. I still want to find out about those that video in Georgia or whatever. I'm not hearing a thing about it. Hey, Pat, now Hunter Biden can tell uh, the state of Delaware that his taxes are under audit. And by the time they finish auditing him, uh, President-elect Biden will have completed his four-year term. Thank you. I wonder if Biden will then be able to uh, pardon his son. My question is, do you think if the Supreme Court uh, shows that they are spying this bunch of black robes, would it be possible that President Trump may try to start a MAGA political party? You know, after hearing <clears throat> Bill Graham, it's the law. That's the problem. <laughs> you got to have standing. And they're not finding people standing in Pennsylvania and Arizona, who, by the way, has a Republican governor. It doesn't help someone from South Carolina fighting about Pennsylvania. That's what Bill Graham basically said. Morning, guys. 
Have you ever noticed that when Governor Cooper talks, he sounds a lot like the old cartoon character Deputy Dog? He seemed very frustrated the other day that nobody's listening to him more than about the virus. Determined. And, and Governor, why is it that the North Carolina's House and Senate, which is controlled by Republicans, doesn't push him on anything. It's almost like they're afraid of him. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Determined. I do think uh, they've been too silent. No doubt about it. And hopefully with Paul Newby's election to the Supreme Court, maybe the Supreme Court will revisit the governor's power. I also think the council state's been too quiet within the executive branch of North Carolina. Where in the heck are their voices right now questioning these executive orders and challenging these executive orders? We're not hearing from them. Dale said something. We, we, we asked him about it, and he said some very strong statements, but I think all of them should stand up and do a press conference and say, wait a minute, this is wrong that Governor Cooper's making these decisions by himself. That's not our Constitution. I know the North Carolina Constitution. And the governor does not have this much power. But he has the Supreme Court in his pocket, at least up till now. Where's the mainstream media regarding Eric Swalwell, Hunter Biden, and Diane Feinstein dealing with China? All I hear is crickets. Yeah, well, it's partly because business is in bed with China, too. And that's why Microsoft and Nike and who makes all their shoes in China, they don't want to touch China. They don't want to talk about Hong Kong. It's money. You understand? It's all about money. Pat, I know you got connections in high places there, fella. How about hooking the brother up with uh, that uh, Chinese girl phone number? <laughs> I thought, I thought he wanted some of your money that you're counting yeah, on. Yeah, I'd hook you up, but we can't find her. <laughs> She's disappeared. She's lost. Pat, thanks for taking my call. I was just calling in to ask about flea markets and trade lots. They're wide open and no mask being worn hardly anywhere by vendors or occupants. Is there nothing that can be done about it? Man, what are you trying to do? Kill the hard-working men and women? The flea market? <laughs> Good morning, Pat. Just calling to wonder if this new 10 p.m. curfew about applies if we wanted to have a, um, a protest um, Friday night, 10 o'clock at the governor's mansion. Thank you. Protests are only covered when Governor McCrory's at the mansion, not when Governor Cooper. The only time they covered it with Governor Cooper was when he walked out of the mansion and joined the protest by taking off his mask. That's the only time we've ever seen it. Determined. As you, uh, I got some soul, don't I? Count up your money on your phone there. I got some soul, but John's, God, look at John's move right now. <laughs> Join us tomorrow when we find out how much money the governor has that he didn't know he had. <laughs> and that you didn't know your family had. Like I said, Merry Christmas. This may be our swan swan. <laughs> See you all tomorrow.